0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, dear listener. Now, before we get underway on this week's show, I just need to apologise in advance for the sound quality of my microphone at certain points of this show. You'd be forgiven for thinking I was already on my way back to New Zealand as if I'd recorded the show while sat outside on the wing. Alas, No. I don't leave for a couple of days and hopefully have secured a seat inside, but still. There were some technical problems, but hopefully it won't ruin your listening pleasure and we should be back to normal next week once I'm home. And without any further delay, let's get on with the show.
1: It is Callum Wilson...
2: In the bottom tier, and now surely they have their first
0: ever top flight win. Welcome to episode 15 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast, with me, Sean Barker. And me, Sam Davis. Well, it has been a long time coming, but the Premier League finally kicked off again for Bournemouth this past Sunday as we welcomed Jose Mourinho's men to the Vitality Stadium. And because I'm still in town, I managed to get in the club shop and get the new Blue Away shirt, which is lovely. And I've got El Cook, number 18, on the back. And I've got the back of the net special.
2: I'm wearing the Eddie Had a Dream t-shirt. So... With Sean still in the UK, once again, we both had the joy of each other's company for the Cherries' first match of the season. And a very interesting 90 minutes it was too, with two contrasting
0: halves of football. They were indeed very different halves, Sam, separated by what only could be called a rather wonderful half-time interval. Oh man, I wondered how long it was going to take you to bring that up. Look, Sam, don't worry. I'm not going to talk about the dizzy penalties that we both did on the pitch yesterday in front of all those people where you were rubbish and I was amazing. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to mention those penalties that were great and you were rubbish I, at all. I can't, I, can't, I can't believe he's mentioned that already. Oh, I'm so annoyed. Oh, I don't know. I'm really Well, so while Sam goes over there and has a little cry, let's find out what's coming up on this week's Back of the Net tell you about our very first back-of-the-net pre-game picnic at Kings Park and a roaring success it was too. Now we also spoke to a few attendees and got some pre-match predictions for the United game. We then talk about
2: yesterday's 3-1 defeats to the hands of the Red Devils as well as hearing your opinions sent
0: in over the phone. Then I will be jumping inside my pop-up news booth before I take it all the way back to New Zealand. I really hope it fits in the overhead locker as I catch up with the latest events from in and around Dean Court with added puns. We'll also be listening to Cherry supporters'
2: opinions of what they're both hoping for and expecting for the 2016-17 season for the Mugsy AFC Bournemouth.
0: And as well as providing you with our West Ham predictions, Sam and I will also be letting you know how you can get hold of our exclusive Eddie Had a Dream t-shirt, as modelled by Sam Davis, and in fact, as modelled by me at the pre-game picnic, so you may have already seen it. And at that picnic on Sunday, a beautiful time was had by all, so here's our report from the opening day of the Premier League season. Morning.
2: Half past nine on Sunday. Bournemouth are taking on Man United at the Vitality Stadium in four hours time. Oh, it's going to be a tough game today. I don't think it's going to be like last season, but if we could get anything out of this, I'd be absolutely chuffed to bits. So we're starting early today because Sean and I, we're going to put together a pre-match picnic just on the cricket pitch outside the stadium. We're going to have beers from the local pub, the White Bear. We're going to have some snacks, which I'm going to buy now. Let's just check I've got my credit card. Yes, I have. And yeah, it's just just going to be a fun time. We're going to have a football, frisbee, and a few tunes playing. And uh, then we can go and watch Bournemouth thrash Man United. Yeah, right. Sean Barker's now here with me, and he's trying to put together this table. Sean, how's it
0: going? This is terrible! <laughs> Do understand? Why not? It's lovely day! It's lovely isn't it? Yep, so we're here playing a bit of footy um, My first touch was an elaborate back heel to Sam and I actually think I've just strained my hamstring <laughs> which we're meant to be doing possibly the dizzy challenge at half time on the pitch where you have to hit the crossbar so not so confident right now
2: number of people here now at picnics is great and. Uh... Foot Ease being kicked around, just walking towards uh Mike and Stu, former Ferndown locomotive players. Looks like they're talking tactics. Let's see if I can ease drop. No
3: chance of saving it that's what I think. I think these days if you put you put a wall there, they practice in front of a wall, it doesn't actually do a lot. How many how many actually hit the ball and block shots?
2: These are the worst two defenders in the world giving advice <laughs> about defending right here.
3: <laughs>
2: I'm just going to button on a conversation here, Chris. This is Chris Parker, Cherry's fan. How are you feeling about the game today? Um, confident. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, taught, are you? So, are you, are you set so we can get anything out of this? Uh, Yeah, definitely get something out of it. But, uh, you know, any points? Oh, points. <laughs> um... Yeah, probably. Harry might get one point for a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another We've got another, we another Cherry's fan here. What's your name, mate? It's Harry. Hello. Okay. And uh, what are you thinking about today? Uh, heavy loss. Heavy loss. Lovely. That's uh, some optimistic <laughs> views there from Cherry's <laughs> fans. Yeah. Realistic. Yeah. yeah. So we've got Cherry's fan here again. What's your name? Nathan. And how are we going to do today against Man United?
0: Maybe a draw, maybe a win.
2: You think we're going to win? If we're going to win, who do you reckon is going to score the winning goal?
0: Phobia or someone like that yeah. maybe.
2: Are you looking forward to seeing Zlatan play?
0: Yeah. Do you
2: think he's gonna score for United? Yeah, probably. But we're gonna but we're gonna score more goals than them, right? Yeah. So this is uh Cherries fan Kerry Phillips. Kerry, how are you feeling about the game today?
1: Really excited to be
2: watching the game today. It's a beautiful day. Welcoming lots of uh, Man United fans down here. Can't wait to be back in the ground. Um, question, question is, yeah. who do you think? Yeah, who's going to win? <laughs> oh, it's really tough. I would love to say Bournemouth, but I don't know. I do I, you know. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> yeah. I would love. I would love Bournemouth to win today. And we got Lois here as well. Lois, uh, give me a scoreline for today's game. I
0: feel like it might
2: be three-one to Bournemouth. Three-one
0: to Bournemouth. Yeah. I would
2: take that all day long. (laughs) So things are just winding down now and it's approaching half past one. So just on the other side of those trees is the venue of legends. The Vitality Stadium where hopefully Bournemouth are going to put in a good shift today. Well, Jose Mourinho made a winning Premier League start as Manchester United manager with a comprehensive opening victory at the Vitality Stadium. Juan Mata, who was substituted after coming on in last week's Community Shield, opened with the scoring with a tap-in after an unfortunate error from Simon Francis. Two in a row, in fact. Wayne Rooney then headed the second before Zlatan Ibrahimovic marked his United League debut with a goal from 25 yards. Adam Smith though scored a consolation goal for the Cherries as the match ended 3-1 to the Red Devils. Now Bournemouth started with a lineup that. It was fairly expected, I suppose, in terms of the defence, of course. So we had Smith, Francis Cook and Daniels. And then across the middle, we had the five of Lewis Cook, Andrew Sermon, Harry Arter, Jordan Ibe and then Josh King and then Callum Wilson up front. Sean, it was your first Premier League match back at the Vitality Stadium. How did it feel to be back?
0: Yeah, it's always great to be back. I do miss the place. I mean, I was lucky enough to come last year and get to two games, Sunderland and Leicester, but it's going to be a few years till I'm back again. So I tried to kind of savour as much as I could of the atmosphere and of the, just of the place. But of course, would have liked to have uh, seen us take at least something away from the game, but that wasn't to be.
2: No, that's right. But we started off fairly well I mean I say fairly well there wasn't much of note that happened I mean the first major chance I think was maybe a kind of scuffed shot from Callum Wilson but then uh, Wayne Rooney had a chance where the ball was played back to him and it wasn't the world's most powerful shot but it went low and Art saved but for the first 40 minutes or so Bournemouth didn't look overly tested but on you know we didn't also test them did we but we certainly held our own
0: Yeah, we did. And it was it was interesting, actually, because I was thinking we may they may have come flying at us and we might have been put under pressure or whatnot. But I I would say that we were comfortable. I mean, we weren't really bothering them with shots on target or whatever else. But we were holding the ball. We looked confident on the ball. Um, It didn't feel like, you know, you have that feeling of, oh, we're playing Manchester United. And like if we ever got a big team in the cup, it was like, oh, we just always feel like we're hanging on. We, it was great in that it was like, OK, we're back in the Premier League and we can do this, you know. And um, I was really impressed with Lewis Cook, not just because he's on the back of my shirt. Um, I think he was—he looked great and I'm excited by him and Arta in the same team and then with Sermon there, but also with Aki as well, will be in the mix. So I like that. I like the shape. I still worried that Wilson was very isolated, which is something we, we talked about last year and we even talked about after the Valencia game where Afobe looked isolated. I think that you know he did look isolated and the only times we really got in the ball was when we were in and around the box and it was just too crowded. We didn't really get many opportunities to kind of get Wilson into the channels like we like we can do. Um, but yeah, and of course, just when we were all thinking we were comfortable and we're going to go in at half-time calamity
2: yeah that's right there was a long through ball that was played very un-manchester united like and uh, i was very impressed up until that point the way the bournemouth defenders were dealing um with things at the back steve cook especially looked really assured but uh, when the ball came over simon francis was running back towards goal you're thinking trusty simon francis just lays it back to boric but His touch was way too weak, half the power of what it should be. And that just gave Juan Mata just a chance to get a toe end on it, which he did. But Artur Boric, um, he saved very well at a time. We thought, wow, you know, what a superb save. But how unfortunate was it that Simon Francis, who was running back, it clipped him, ran into the path of Mata, who just had to turn and, you know, effectively put the ball into an empty net. And it was so disappointing to concede at that time, wasn't it?
0: I know, it was just, it, it just felt really annoying because it didn't, we it, we didn't look under any real pressure. That was the thing, you know, like the big Zlatan at the top was, I think, being marshaled really well. I mean, there was that great-headed clearance from Francis where I think Zlatan was set to head it in, in the corner. But other than that, we did look comfortable. And then it was like, oh, welcome to the Premier League, you know. And to give them the goal, which we did, it was a total gift. And it was... You know, some people were already jumping on the fact that oh our defence, another error, and I kinda get that, but it was it's an under hit bat buzz, Anyone can and does do that. It was just one of those things. And then I mean, Boric has made a great save, let's not forget that. I mean Mutter's one on one and it wasn't the only time he did a great one on one in the game. Um but to rebound back was frustrating and then suddenly you go in at half time one nil and um yeah, it's just like oh, it's just annoying. So that was frustrating. But overall, um, I think there were lots of positives in that first half. Um, of course, then we moved on to half-time. And uh, I, I know you said I wasn't going to uh, mention it, but now oh. I can mention it. So Mike Bodo had sent a message to the back of the net Twitter page saying, hey, look, lads, I want to get you on and test your skills with the Dizzy. Well, it's, it's the Dizzy crossbar challenge, but I think we rechristened it the uh, Dizzy penalty challenge. So me and if you weren't there, me and Sam Davis straight out onto the pitch. There's a United fan as well. I go up to him. All right, mate, travel down for the game, have you? Uh, No, I'm from Bournemouth, actually. Oh, Oh. but but I've supported him since I was this high. Ah, yeah, Yeah, mate. Is is that the name of the team? Man United, I've supported him since I was this high. Rubbish. Anyway, Sam Davis steps up first. What you have to do is you have to spin round the ball 12 times with your hand on the ball and your head down, so you get super dizzy, and this is on the edge of the D. Then you run up to the ball on the edge of the box, And then what you're meant to do is you're meant to try and hit it into the uh, crossbar. Sam Davis, awful, puts it wide, at least a yard, possibly two or three. Awful, awful pen. Salvatore steps up. He knows what it's all about. Left foot. Oh! Didn't hit the crossbar. That's kind of irrelevant. Into the roof of the net. I could hear the North Stand cheer. Oh, it erupted. It was like a last-minute winner, wasn't it, Sam? Okay,
2: so moving on. It was a goal on 59 minutes, and... It was a kind of scuffed shot from Anthony Marshall that kind of bounced into the ground. Uh, the, you know, he was obviously aiming for the far corner, but it all went wrong. But then it didn't. It found Wayne Rooney, and those kind of headers, are, I. I do think that there's no one better in football that can score from those kind of situations. Wayne Rooney seems to have incredible neck muscles. I remember him scoring a similar goal against Scotland in one of the championship qualifiers where the ball was almost behind him, but he just, its it's like it's spring loaded and he got so much power on it. And even though that, maybe looks an easy goal to score it's not because you've got to you know you've got to use a lot of your neck muscles and he put it um, into the opposite corner from where Boric was who who didn't have a chance and it kind of kicked off a a sort of 10 minute spell where Manchester United just dominated
3: Yeah
0: the goal again it was frustrating because it was an annoying goal it was something that you know it's a miss hit alright it's a great header but it's a miss hit the only concern for me was that um, Daniels and they lost the ball out wide Daniels was kind of out of position Cook has got dragged over to the left hand side Sermon was kind of tracking Rooney and looked and if you watch it back he kind of looked at him and he didn't get back in to cover the position where Cook had gone to and that was the only the the breakdown I think with that unlike the first goal which was just pure fluke and it was nothing we could do about it with this one I think defensively although it was a mistake Rooney was totally unmarked and when you look at it Cook was was busy on on the right-hand side of the the centre-back pairing. and um, uh, Sorry, Francis was. Cook's out of position because he's gone towards the ball, which he had to do. I just wish Sermon would have just done that extra five yards and got got close to Rooney to at least give him something to challenge about. But you're right, after that, it was a little bit like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Are we going to fold? Are we going to collapse? We weren't really getting a foot on the game where we United took a lot of possession. I, when he got the ball, was just a lot of blind alleys. And then, of course, Zlatan.
2: Yeah, that's right. Now, moments before this, I think he had that free kick that Boric pulled a worldie of a save with his, uh, with a strong right arm to claw it away. But, yeah, the, the ball effectively fell to Zlatan Inveric, who seemed to have the freedom of the park to go forward. And it was about a 25-yard shot. Not particularly powerful, but where we were sat, Sean, we were right behind it, and uh, you know, nestled nicely in the bottom left-hand corner. But uh, can you lay the blame anywhere? Was Boric out position? Should we've? Well, obviously, we should have done better. But what were your thoughts on it?
0: Well, from a from a goalkeeper perspective, I mean, you, you've got to give credit in that he's, he's yes, he has gone across his body and he slotted it into the bottom corner. It's pretty hard to to get there. When you watch it back. If I was to be really critical, I felt Boric dived a bit early. Um, it's it's all about using your feet and getting a, getting across your goal as quick as you can. And also, if you can dive forward versus diving sideways, this is something that, that I was taught through. Um, I had goalkeeper training in the last few years with Mark Paston, who was New Zealand's goalkeeper, who played at the 2010 World Cup. And actually, he was one of the best world, best goalkeepers in that tournament. It was when they drew with Italy and they didn't lose a game. But anyway... But his big thing is always about trying... This is for people that are interested in goalkeeping. Is If you can dive forward, then you've covered more of an angle than if you just dive sideways. And if you watch that shot, and if you watch Boric's dive, it's a flat dive. So he's not gaining anything on the ball, but also he dives early. When they did a slow-mo and you see the ball kind of coming towards him, he's already committed and made his dive, if he could have stayed up a little bit longer, moved his feet, he could have got another yard or two, and maybe then we've got a finger on it. Yes, probably being really critical of Boric, because I think actually he had a good game, he was decent in the air, there was another one-on-one, I think it was Rooney, where he saved it, and he looked good composed with his feet, but yeah, because I can break that stuff down, that would be my only gripe.
2: And then there were a couple of substitutions made Foben grab and replaced Ivan Wilson on 68 minutes and it was less than a couple of minutes later where Bournemouth was pulled back uh goal from Adam Smith, and it was really well worked, I thought. Lewis Kick, uh Lewis Cook, sorry, did a little step over and Fed Graben who just held on to the ball and then just waited for Adam Smith on the right to just do this little run. And he cut the defence in half with a with a lovely slip through ball. Adam Smith went on to his left foot. Not dissimilar to the goal uh he scored at West Brom, although this was, you know, a lot closer in, but you know, a composed finish with his left foot into the roof of the net and all of a sudden it was three one. But the substitutes there they had a great impact, Sean.
0: Yeah, they did, and it was it was a really great goal. Um yeah, I really like I like Lewis Cook's because um, he's a bit of he's he's got that little fight about him which I like. But also he's got the flicks. I love a good flick. So there was quite there was a couple of back heels and I think he got a nutmeg and then yeah, the step over was where he just let the ball go past him to grab him. Now what was interesting about that though was that a lot of complaints from people after the game was about, well, we didn't shoot. Why didn't we shoot enough? We took too many touches and we were trying on the edge of the box. We were trying to take that extra touch and make the space for us and all that kind of stuff, which I totally agree with. But the style that we've gone for is that Arsenal approach of we may not have 15 chances on goal, but if we can work a good situation in the box, that's what we're looking for. and I think there were times when we could have shot, but ironically, with, if you watch with Graben, and pretty much did what Ive and what Wilson and what Fobe were doing, where they were trying to kind of make something happen and find that little yard of space in the box, which he then did with that brilliant, brilliant through ball, which kind of cut three United players out of the game. And then, yeah, great finish from Smith. Same, it was kind of 3-1. He didn't really get to celebrate it because it was straight back to the halfway line. But when that went in, you thought, OK maybe maybe we're on here but it never really happened did it I mean we kept passing and whatnot, and United were very solid I think Baye at the back was so assured I thought he had a great game if I was giving Man the match that would have been who I'd have given it to um, he just nothing much really got by him he didn't look that fazed. Um it was in injury time when um, we did have a couple of chances Sermon had a shot saved from a corner from De Gea and Whatnot, but it never really looked like we were going to get back into it. And then, interestingly, when the final whistle went, as we will hear in club news, there was a little bit of an incident, but we'll get to that later on. But all in all, Sam, thoughts on the opening game?
2: Yeah, uh, certainly better than the matches against some teams that like man city liverpool arsenal I, you know i thought sometimes there seems to be a fear factor when we play teams like this but i, I didn't i don't feel as though there was that yesterday so in a way i, I feel as though we have psychologically moved on because we more than matched them possession wise i i think we shaded it for the first 40 minutes the unfortunate first goal was just that um it, you know such a shame and the there's always a 10 minute spell where Bournemouth just lose their head slightly unfortunately united scored a couple of goals by that point um i i don't think it's worth uh you know going home and crying yourself to sleep about it because i you know i do see some positives out of that performance and um hopefully we can carry it on and uh yeah in the match against west ham next sunday
0: yeah, I think yeah, you can't lose sight of the fact that we were playing Manchester United, um, who will be up and around there. No doubt they'll be a better side than they were last year. Yeah, so I think in that regard, you're right. There were positives to take from it. Um, I think we'll struggle this year with all those the top six side. I think we'll probably all be back, the superpowers, as, as they kind of are. So you go, OK, well, we're not really looking at them anyway. I think hopefully our lads... It's a reminder of the pace of the Premier League, especially when we were in and around the box, when we were taking those extra touches, and they just closed us down so quickly. Um, and much like with Frano's back pass, really, Mutter was straight on it. And, you know, I think it did take us last season a couple of games to really get our, our, our foot on it and realise how quick we need to be. So, yeah, lot, there is lot, obviously there's lots of work to be done, new players coming in and that. Um, yeah, I, I've got to learn to, to move the ball quicker. He kept the ball, kept the ball, kept the ball, and it just killed the momentum. As great as he was at keeping the ball, that's something we need to see an improvement on. But main positive for me was that was the midfield. Um, just already, that's looking better than than it was.
2: Yeah, completely agree. So on Twitter, Sean, we had some puns after the game. Some of them were, um, well, pretty complicated. Ross Devonport tweeted in to say, Pope France isn't, as his Sunday tithing and holy defence hand Red Devil's ungodly 3-1 win. Do you even understand that? Quite a difficult one. And also Gary Wright also tweeted in and said, "cherries in a jam as United squash Bournemouth. And he said, see what I did there? I certainly did, Gary. Thank you very much for the puns. And if you've got any more, remember, you can certainly tweet them in.
0: Yes, you can. And stay tuned because later on in the show with the club news, I'll give you some proper punning. But now you've heard our thoughts on the game, but let's hear your thoughts on the game with... Fan thoughts
2: Fans thoughts on Bournemouth versus Manchester United. Bournemouth one, Manchester United three and United fans are celebrating in the Bournemouth sunshine. A really impressive performance from Manchester United especially in the second half. Mata gave them the first half lead. Remember Mata, the sub who was subbed seven days ago in the community shield. He looked impressive this afternoon for United. Rooney then added a second with a header and Ibrahimovic, a delightful third from 20 yards out, nestling into the bottom left-hand corner. United players now heading over to their supporters to thank them and Jose Mourinho has made his way down the tunnel into the dressing room. A really good start for him as Manchester United manager.
3: Hi Sean and Sam, uh, good to see you guys before the game at the meet-up
2: uh, This is Steve from Christchurch uh, Thoughts about the game, unfortunate first goal for Prano um, Slight slip up and a
3: bit of a bit of a melee um, with Boric um, After that, just thought that we never had enough in the tank really to take them on They are a quality side and
1: I think we're going to struggle without another couple of centre-backs Hey guys, it's Chase again. It's good to be back for another Premier League season. Uh, Yeah, not not a great start to the season, but I think we have to remember that we're going against a retooled and reloaded Manchester United, so it was always going to be a difficult fixture anyway. uh, Funny thing is, though, I don't think they dominated. Um, I think the first goal obviously was a gift from Francis. The second goal was kind of... I just felt like we got caught ball-watching and Rooney was able to put the header in the corner and if the the third goal from Zlatan, if that had hit Cookie's legs, might have been deflected and we would have gotten fortunate, but obviously all three goals went in. Uh, good, to, good to see Smith uh, peel back that one goal at the end. Good to get on the board to start the season. Uh, I thought him along with Boric had a lot of decent saves and uh, was better than I think a lot of us had expected. We're the man were my two man of the match. Um, and uh, I think maybe Hal how, how will make some tweaks going forward and We'll uh, we'll look a little better, but uh, it's only game one of 38, so we have a lot of time left to go, and uh, I look forward to the rest of the season
3: hi guys it's Mike here now I saw you before the game and I promised you I was going to try and be a bit more positive this season uh, but I back forth off make it difficult so let's see how this goes um, I thought porridge had a good gaming goal and I thought uh, Lewis Cook made a good debut didn't look uh, out of his depth at all some nice touches and uh, loves a tackle good to see um, and that was about it oh and it was um, it was nice seeing that lovely Ollie Mers at the ground today.
0: Mark my words, Wilson will sign. At the time of recording, Mark Wilson, the Republic of Ireland defender at Stoke City, is currently in the final stages of signing for the Cherries for a reported fee of around £1.5 million. Eddie Howe confirmed to the media that the two clubs had reached an agreement and Wilson is now just going through the process of his medical before everything gets signed. Wilson was in the crowd last weekend for the game against Manchester United and is known to Cherries fans, having been here twice on loan in 2007. King fuming as Gradle doesn't play well. At the conclusion of the Cherries' opening Premier League game versus Manchester United, there were some tempers between our own players, with Max Gradle and Joshua King having to be separated due to a disagreement. The final whistle blew after Gradle had the ball wide, but instead of crossing early and deep to King and Afobe, who were waiting near the back post, the Ivorian instead played a low cross which was easily dealt with and this came just seconds after Gradle could have squared the ball with De Gea on the ground, but instead delayed and took a shot. Mostin brings on more fan Merzmering as he ollie goes and gives away a ticket. Sky Sports have caused more discontent between Cherry's fans and chairman Jeff Mostyn after they zoomed in on the main stand during the United game to show pop star Ollie Mers sat with Mostyn and his family. The commentators then confirm that Mers is a United fan who didn't have a ticket to the game, but because Mostyn's daughter is a fan of his, Jeff arranged for the star to sit with his daughter for the game. With so much unhappiness regarding tickets, lack of seats, etc., it probably wasn't the greatest of PR moves. Well, in fact, it was a terrible one. A S E B Club News.
2: Oh, Sean, I've missed it when you go in the news booth because we're always guaranteed some good puns. But unfortunately, you didn't show up this week, did you? Oh! What oh, were they? I mean, OK, let's break them down. The first one, mark my words. Wilson will sign. OK, I'll give you that. That's absolutely fine. Great pun. Next, King Fuming as Gradle doesn't play well. Where's the pun? Well,
0: because cause it's, like it's, it's like a rhyming. So King Fuming... Gradle doesn't play well. Oh no, actually, oh God, <laughs> what have I done?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was as bad as my halftime penalty, that one. And also, this one was very, very good. Uh, a lot of linguistics involved here. So it goes: Mostyn brings on fan Mersmering as he only goes and gives away a ticket
0: oh yeah there you go see that's the level ladies and gents that is the level that's puns
2: wow well um hopefully we'll have more of them next week sean really loving your work there but we're also loving the work of the fans who attended our pre-match picnic and we spoke to a number of them as we asked them what were their hopes and expectations for this year in the premier league
3: Hi, Mike from Ferndown. Uh, Believe it or not I'm actually more relaxed this season than I was last year I think we made some good signings especially in midfield area Uh, still praying all fingers crossed for a centre back but I think um, there's a lot more teams in this league worse than us than there were last season Uh, I think Eddie's finally figured out his tactics hopefully well to play against the big teams so we're not going to get overrun so much I think we're going to be a lot compacter, a lot tighter and I think we've got a lot of goals in us so fingers crossed for a really boring mid-table season uh, and finish uh, to the year so fingers crossed Stu Bramley from Upton oh, it's going to be a long difficult season the division's much tougher this year We've lost two basket against clubs down to the next division um, so two easy relegation spots that were there last year aren't there so we're going to have to be fighting but um, I think we'll do well to finish 17th yeah it's a uh, big team from Southport I think uh, or pessimistic I think we're going to struggle this year I think we'll struggle, so I'll be very happy if we finish 16th, to be fair. Very pessimistic today.
2: Hello there, this is Rob. I think that Bournemouth are going to finish 12th this season. Right, I'm Kerry from Brandscore, and we're going to be comfortable mid table. Maybe top 10, I reckon. We've, we've got players to do it. There are lo- loads of worse teams than us. I'm Mark, and I'm from Bournemouth Sins, Southampton. Don't hate me. <laughs> I think it will be pretty similar to last season on the whole. I think we'll have enough to get past most of the lower half sides, but we're we'll still going to struggle against any of the decent sides. And I reckon we'll finish about 15th overall.
0: Thanks to all the fans there. Firstly, who came down to the pre-game picnic, and then secondly, agreed to have a microphone stuffed in their face and told to have their thoughts on the game. Uh, yeah, some good comments there. Mike confirmed now using the word positive oh if you follow Mike on Twitter it could be sometimes he could be a little bit uh what's the opposite of positive um uh, but anyway yeah, because- no, yeah, yeah no that's great to hear so uh no, thank you and yeah, let's see how we go this season
2: yeah thank you very much and also yeah I just wanted to say um all the people that I met brilliant at the picnic. Thanks to Mark who came along from Southampton and all the guys. It was just really great to put some faces to some names. Really appreciate that. Um, So yeah, we've done Manchester United next it's another first for us. We're going to be playing at the Olympic Stadium as West Ham entertain the mighty cherries. Now, West Ham manager Slavin Bilic has said that Euro 2016 finalist Dimitri Paye will not be fit to play the whole game against Chelsea. Now, they are playing on Monday night, so he had a bit of a delayed start to pre-season, you see. But Aaron Cresswell and Manuel Lanzini are out with knee injuries, but Andre Ayew... And also, Feghuli could also be involved. So, as yet, it's going to be very unclear about who's going to play against AFC Bournemouth. Now, in terms of the team, Sean, do you envisage any changes in the starting eleven when we go to the Olympic Stadium?
0: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. I uh, obviously we are bringing to the, we're bringing this show to you earlier than we normally do because normally we leave it a couple of days so then we can kind of have time to review what's coming up but um because i've got to jump literally have to jump on a plane well not today but soon and that's why we're bringing you this preview a little bit earlier than normal so obviously there might be some injuries that we don't know about but i'd imagine the back four will remain unchanged i would like to think the middle three also doesn't change um because i want to see those guys just continue to develop so then really you're looking at the front three positions did Wilson do enough to get another start? Did he look as fit as he was before? So, do we need to keep playing him to get his fitness up, or whatever else? Uh, that's. I, I'd imagine that Wilson will stay. Um, I think Joshua King will keep his place, and again, as as I think, I've just got to learn how we play, and the way will learn is to um, you know play the game. So, I guess at this stage, I'd probably say it's likely we won't
2: make a change. But what do you think? Yeah, I I don't don't think he'll make a change either. I mean, it it was Man United at home. It's not an easy game. I mean, I know there were some things that were wrong. Now, remember, Callum Wilson didn't exactly start last season um, on a blinder as well. And then he popped in three goals at West Ham. So if he could do that, I'll be absolutely thrilled. Can I just say, Sean, in terms of predictions, I said last week that Manchester United were going to beat Bournemouth 3-1.
0: Oh, you did! I'd forgotten about that. Oh no! Yes.
2: Oh. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a prediction this week, and I'm going to say that Bournemouth are going to win two one at the Olympic Stadium. That is my prediction, right there.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, see. All right then. Well, in that case, I'm going to do what you normally do. I think. I think when the fixtures came out, realistically, I did look at it and go. OK, first couple of games, I don't think we'll pick up any points. So as bad as it sounds, I don't know. I just, I know it's first game Olympics. I mean, they have played a game at the Olympic Stadium, so it's not like it's totally new to them. But I think West Ham will win it, and I think they will win it 2-0. I just I just, I just, just worry that we, we still didn't look like we posed enough of an attacking threat and that was with a home game and with an away game there's even less chance but then having said that maybe we'll get a little bit more space behind the defence for Wilson I don't know I just think it's going to be another tough day at the office and it's a long season and I think the key is, is we just have to keep sticking by the boys because we knew last year it was tough and this year it's going to be tough as well
2: Okay, well, what do you think? If you've got any predictions, do let us know. Send us a tweet. It's at AFCB Podcast. And also, remember, on Facebook, uh, send us a message as well because we'd love to hear your predictions. And, uh, well, can you beat the Davis?
0: Hi, this is Gary Chapman, the bloke who stands in the back of the North stands, shouting up the cherries. You're listening to Back of the Net. Well, that just about wraps up episode 15 of Back of the Net. And we just want to thank you for listening and for all the support we've received in terms of the pre-game picnic and online. And, and you know, we do continue, please, to help us out by telling um, Bournemouth fans about the show. Um, we're, we're really impressed with the numbers of listeners we're getting, but we're still finding obviously a lot of people haven't really heard about it yet. So, you know, if you've got a mate at work or the guys you sit with, the girls you sit with in the stands... Just let them know about the show and uh, yeah, get them to tune in. We hope they'd like it. For me, I am going to be heading back to New Zealand uh, this week. I fly back on Wednesday, so I will be home for next week's game. So it's going to be an early start for me for the West Ham game. But it's been really great to meet so many actual faces of people and real people on this trip and obviously get to hang out with Sam Davis live in the
2: flesh you loved it didn't you and yeah as you say there are some people that don't know about the podcast i even heard people saying i didn't know that born without a podcast um after mike botto thank you mike uh, mentioned our name during the dizzy penalties um so yeah we would love you to spread the word but you also want to have you involved as well? And one of the ways you can be involved is with our brand new competition. Now we've just extended the registration. It's going to be going on until the start of September, but then it's going to be all kicking off. We've got a number of people involved already. It's called Predictor Score, and it's the brand new fun competition from Back of the Net, which gives you the chance to win all sorts of great AFCB goodies. All you need to do is predict the score of the next the next game guess the first scorer as well as the first minute of the first goal. So here's how it works. Over the course of the season, you just need to predict 25 AFC Bournemouth results, a mixture of Premier League, FA Cup, Capital One Cup, etc. You'll be emailed every time you need to predict. But you simply just need to log in, register your predictions, and then you score points, different amounts of points for getting the correct outcome, correct score, whatever. There'll be a league table published online. Results will be on the podcast. And you know what? If you register, someone who registers can get an exclusive eddie had a dream t-shirt how's about that so from all of the people that are registered we will make a draw and you can be winning this lovely piece of cotton here
0: yeah so we've had quite a bit of talk about the eddie had a dream t-shirt you can now go to afcbpodcast.com forward slash shop that's afcbpodcast.com forward slash shop and order your eddie had a dream t-shirt Um, It's one, you get to look really cool because you've got a great T-shirt that you can wear around town at the games. But also, it really does help us financially. Um, We're really loving bringing you the show, but it does come at an actual cost to us. So we're paying for the server, we're paying for the hosting, we're paying for our equipment and our time. It takes us, between us, it takes around 10 hours a week to bring you this show. Um, I know, it takes us 10 hours for this rubbish. What? But it actually does. Um, So if you could... Help us in that way by going through the online checkout and there's an option there if you wanted to donate and we've already had some really kind donations from listeners and thank you so much for all that. But it just helps us keep us on the air.
2: Yeah, and why wouldn't you want to look at and listen to Sean's beautiful face and mug now I say look at because you may have seen earlier in the week Sean and I appeared on fan TV now if you haven't watched it we talk AFC Bournemouth for a whole hour and if you go to back of the net and go to the video section it's the top video there Sean and Sam chatting to Justin Lee Collins the host of fan TV and also If you tune in on Tuesday to Fan TV, it's available on Freeview Channel 254 and also Sky Channel 212. You can also look them up on Facebook and YouTube as well. We'll pop a link on our Twitter, but we're also going to be providing a little video of our pre-match picnic that we held on Sunday and a jolly time we had. And your beautiful faces may also be on national TV. So look forward to that.
0: Wowee! Right. That's it. I've got to go and sit on my suitcase and try and get the zip closed up with all those goodies from the club shop. I couldn't help myself. Um, but I will be back next week. Sam, actually, is not going to be on next week's show because he's getting married. Oh. So I just want to say big congratulations to Sam and to Alex who are getting hitched next weekend, so it will be me plus a special guest to uh, review the West Ham game and preview the upcoming games and then Sam will be back the week after so all the best Sam and thanks to you for listening to Back of the Net the AFC Bournemouth podcast
1: It is Callum Wilson
2: Top lightweight.
3: <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.